Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Beanbag Hub, a comfy space for story sharing. I am Miu, and I am a university student in Japan who loves to read and write. Thank you so much for visiting my podcast. Today's episode is slightly different from my usual episodes. Maybe you could tell from the title, but I do not have any script today. I do have very extensive notes, but I don't have a script, so I'll just be talking today and it will also not be about my writing or books. And lastly, it's named Show and Tell because I will be talking about some of my personal experiences and occasionally referring to secondary sources to share something that I have experienced myself and hoping that for people who can relate to some of the struggles that I've had, they can have some useful sources to look at. Now today I will be talking about something that I struggled with in my teenage years and a certain struggle with romance, so with dating and all that fun stuff. I talked about this issue in a presentation that I did in my freshman year in university. So some of you, if you were in the presentation class, you may have heard. And I addressed it as the ick. I think it comes from a TV show or a movie. One of the characters experienced a similar uh, phenomenon as I had. And I was very happy to hear the responses that I got after the presentation. And I thought it might be something that some of you might be interested in. But now that a year has passed since my presentation, and I have also done more research on the topic, I think I can present a deeper discussion on the topic with more insight and more reflection and a lot more personal details that I didn't share with the entire class. In my discussion, I will touch upon the topics of kairoku gensho, which is Japanese, as you can hear, probably, and lithromanticism. And there are a few points I want to clarify before starting. And the first point is that, as of this moment, I do not identify with either group. And this point makes more sense after I discuss lithromanticism being a type of romantic orientation. But I want to be clear right now that I am not representing any type or any group of people and that I am merely sharing with you my own personal experience. The second point is that kairoku gensho and lith romanticism are not the same thing. I will later discuss why I think it's problematic to mix up the two, but I am bringing them both up because they do share commonalities and Research on these topics have helped me to understand what my personal experience was all about. And my last point is that I am not an expert in either field. I do not have a psychology degree. I'm not even in a psychology major. So although I have tried my best to research, to gather accurate and credible information, Please be understanding if there are any information that I share with you that uh, disagrees with what you know or what you believe. 
And if you do find a factual error in what I say, I would be grateful if you can leave it in the comments on my Beanbag Hub blog so that I can correct my errors and to learn more. Now, without further ado, let's begin with the discussion of my fear of romance. So the earliest recollection of this fear of romance that I have is middle school when I used to have a crush on this boy. And this guy was probably my first proper crush. And I wasn't a very outgoing type. I wasn't, I didn't take too much initiative in really doing anything to advance anything. But, so one thing I guess I can bring up is that, you know, on November 11th, every year, there's a Pocky Day. I don't know if this is specific to certain countries, but at least my middle school did a Pocky Day um, where people would bring Pocky to give to their friends and to... And I don't remember if it was a romantic thing, like you would give it to your crush, I'm not sure, but I remember giving a Pocky and also receiving a Pocky from and to the person that I had a crush on. And I was very happy like planning everything and thinking about giving this guy Pocky. But then when I received the Pocky and I got home and there was also a note in the back of the Pocky. So I assume right now that he also had the same feelings for me. But at the time when I received it, I felt a very strange feeling that it was very discomforting to see that note as well as to realize that I've actually received something from this person that I liked. And so that was one experience which leads to more um, later when one day he confessed to me his feelings and I instantly felt repulsed and scared and I just did not want to be there and I did not want to be talking to him and I find it or I found it very weird because I used to like him and I used to see him as someone that I was attracted to so it didn't make sense logically in my head why I would feel repulsed but either way I did so I had to reject him because I couldn't go on like that um and sadly we drifted apart after that and I felt very sad as well as selfish because I felt like I was being a very mean person by acting like I liked him but then when he confessed I said no and I've had similar experiences throughout my early teenagehood after that and it's really always been the same. I would be interested in somebody and we would become close, but I cannot be okay with them liking me, if that makes sense. And the feeling that I get during that was very unpleasant because I liked romance stories. I liked... I don't know, I liked the 
notion of romance. I had friends who were dating and it seemed really fun and really nice. And, but then when it actually happened to me, it felt like everything I fantasized about romance became very tainted. And repulsive is the best word I can think of. And some of my specific thoughts that I had during that time was like, what am I going to do now that, like, if I date this guy, what, what am I going to do? What should I tell my parents? Like, there were these very, right now I can say are insignificant, I suppose, but it meant a lot to me at that time. And so at the time, I was scared and disappointed in myself and I really felt like I was incapable of being in a romantic relationship and that fact to me felt very depressing. Now fast forward to my later teenage years, my outlook on romantic relationships changed completely. I have been in a long-term committed relationship since mid-high school and the reason for this change is really a combination of factors and also probably a lot of chance. But before going into what helped me to come to terms with my past romantic experience, I want to look at what exactly my experience may have been. So one way of looking at my experience is through looking at something called kairuka gensho. And kairuka gensho is a phenomenon where even when you are attracted to another person, you feel repulsed when they reciprocate those feelings. And the name kairuka gensho literally uh, frog, frogified or frogfied phenomenon. There is no English translation for it. Originally, it's from Brother Grimm's fairy tale, The Frog Prince. And if you don't know this story, it's a story about a frog which turns into a prince. Um, I don't really know what happens in between, but there you have it. And in Kairuga Gensho, the opposite occurs. The prince, so aka your crush or whoever you are attracted to, turns into a frog, which leaves you repulsed after uh, you see your love being reciprocated. And I've tried to look for research in academic, credible academic sources, but there really is no research into this field. And there is one journal article in Japanese called So this in English would mean something like the frogified phenomenon that girls experience in romantic relationships. And this is a journal article by Fujisawa Shinsuke. Unfortunately, there is no digital copy that is open access, so I couldn't read the actual paper. But I did find a blog of a person who found this article at their university library, and I will leave a link to their article on the Beanbag Hub blog. But according to this person, Fujisawa's study aimed to find out how many girls with dating experience have experienced kairuka gensho. And now here's a more complicated aim, which is whether there is a difference between 
the presumed reason for this phenomenon between girls who have experienced kairukagensho and girls who have not had any dating experience. So basically, I think what he was trying to do is to see whether the reasons for kairukagensho can be separated from the fear that comes from inexperience with dating. And here are some of the results from Fujisawa's study according to this blog. The first finding was that out of all the girls who were surveyed who have dating experience, 70% of them have experienced kairukagensho. And the second finding was that for girls who did not have any dating experience, most believed that the reason that kairukagensho occurs is because once you date someone, you encounter the sexual aspects of relationships and you feel repulsed as a self-defense mechanism. And the third finding was that for girls who have experienced kairukagensho, most believed that the reason that kairukagensho occurs is because the reality of your partner does not match the expectations you had before going into the relationship. So the study seems to conclude that girls who experience kairukagensho hold an unrealistic expectation of their partner, and when this expectation is not met, they feel repulsed. And perhaps this finding is accurate for the group of girls who were surveyed in his study, but because I don't have the study at hand, so many unanswered questions hinder the credibility of these findings, such as why survey only girls? What are the girls' ages? What sexuality did these girls identify as? How were their partners? And there's just really too many uncertainties for me to use this study to understand my own personal experience. The person who wrote this blog also raised an interesting point, that none of the options in the survey included feeling repulsed by their partner because they feel insecure about themselves, they being the girl or whoever that is experiencing the kairukagensho. And with this insecurity, they feel like there is something wrong with their partner for liking them. I feel like a lot of web articles on the topic of kairukagensho point to insecurity and lack of self-confidence as a reason for this feeling of repulsion. They frame kairukagensho as this dreaded problem, almost like an ill symptom, and they suggest that by becoming more confident in oneself, they can overcome this quote-unquote illness. Personally, I think the lack of self-confidence reasoning is only true to some extent. If you are struggling with something similar to my personal experience or what seems to be kairukagensho, I think researching a bit about this phenomenon and how to quote-unquote overcome it might be useful. However, I like to take a more neutral perspective on my past experience and to examine it from the standpoint of romantic orientation. Now, this brings me to the discussion of lithromanticism, and according to LGBTA wiki, 
Lithromantic is a romantic orientation on the aromantic spectrum. Someone who is lithromantic may experience romantic attraction, but does not want it reciprocated. The lithromantic person may be uncomfortable at the thought of someone being romantically attracted to them, or they may lose their romantic feelings if they learn it's reciprocated. Now this is a quote taken directly from the wiki. And aromantic spectrum refers to the various groups of romantic orientations which belong under the category of aromantic, including lithromantic, demiromantic, romantic, and many more. People on the aromantic spectrum may not desire romantic attraction or desire very little of it compared to alloromantic or in other words non-aromantic people. Since we are talking about romantic orientations, this is different from one's sexual orientation where the sex or the gender of your partner affects your response. And another note of caution is that lithromanticism is also known as echoromanticism or epromanticism. I'm very sorry if I pronounced it incorrectly. But some prefer the latter two names because there are claims that the naming of lithromanticism is appropriating lesbian culture, with lith meaning stone in Greek. However, I will be using lithromanticism here because it is most widely used on the web, and I want to be sure that you can find some sources using this term if you ever decide to look up this romantic orientation yourself. And on the same page of the wiki, there is a list of things that a lithromantic person may experience, which include feeling romantic attraction that fades upon being reciprocated, feeling discomfort when being in a romantic relationship with one they're romantically attracted to, and so on. I will definitely leave the link of this wiki on my blog, so please go check it out if you are interested. So at first glance, it may seem like people with kairokagensho and with romantic people experience a similar phenomenon, and to some extent, I think they do. However, Lithromanticism is a completely natural and valid romantic orientation. It does not come with the negative connotations that surround kairokagensho on the web. I do not personally know anybody that is lithromantic, but from examining online communities such as Reddit, I know that there are people that fully identify themselves as being lithromantic and embrace the fact that they do not desire reciprocation of feelings. I also have found lithromantic people who are in long-term relationships with partners who have an avoidant attachment style, as well as people who are still unsure of their romantic orientation. My point here is that there are so many romantic orientations, not to mention the various sexual orientations that constitute a person's attitude towards relationships. And before I learned the existence of these labels, I genuinely thought that something was wrong with me, that I lacked the capacity to have something. 
that normal people, in quotation marks, are supposed to have. But having acquired more knowledge, I can confidently say that I am completely normal and that my feelings are valid, and so are yours. Now, returning to my personal story, I think the feeling of repulsion for me was a result of my inexperience with dating and also perhaps my romantic orientation. For one thing, I did see dating as a huge, scary life event, and only now can I really see it as just being one part of my life. I am very fortunate to have met my current partner who was and is patient and understanding of the boundaries that I had and have. As for my repulsion, I never really experienced it in my current relationship, and it feels like I have come to accept it as a part of myself as I became more comfortable in being in my relationship. And the biggest thing which helped me in accepting this phenomenon was just letting myself be and not viewing the phenomenon as an illness that a lot of posts and websites, I feel, tend to do. And I also decided not to view it as something that defines who I am. It is certainly a part of myself, but it is merely one piece out of the millions of pieces that constitute me as a person. So knowing that I can change, not in any forceful way, but that what is right for me will come to me, and that I am perfectly okay to be how I am, was something that was very important. A few years ago, I probably would not have been comfortable and even afraid to research or even think about this phenomenon because it scared the heck out of me. I didn't know what was happening. And so as much as this episode is for you, if you have something to relate to, but it really is for me as well to examine and appreciate my growth. And finally, there is still so much pressure in society to be in a quote-unquote normal relationship defined by society as two cisgendered heterosexual couples dating for marriage and children. But a relationship isn't about marriage, and it isn't even about dating. It's about two people coming together to make a contribution in each other's lives, whether it be romantic, platonic, sexual, reciprocated, or unreciprocated. And even that is assuming a monogamous relationship, when in reality, there are thousands of people in happy, polyamorous relationships. And so, if you and your partner or partners are happy, it's really no one's business to tell you how your relationship should be. So the central message I want to get out there is that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you for feeling the way you feel about romance. And I hope that some of the resources I have listed on my Being Back Up blog can help you understand yourself or understand others that have a similar experience. And that wraps up this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Being Back Hub podcast. 
And thank you so much for sticking around. Please feel free to leave comments or questions on the Beanbag Hub blog, and I hope to see you back in my next episode with more stories to share. Bye!